0: Welcome to the Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave podcast, the interview series. I'm Gary Lawless, Vegas Golden Knights insider, and today's guest, Vegas Golden Knights center Paul Statsley. Welcome to the program, Paul.
1: Thanks for having me, Gary. Excited to be here.
0: You know, I have I've, I've always wanted to ask you this: How many passports do you have?
1: Uh, one. I had two. Um, the Canadian one, kind of, I'd have to reapply for it it's expired, and then. If I ever wanted a Slovak passport, I would just have to fly to Slovakia, apply for it, and in 24 hours get it.
0: So, and then obviously a, a U.S. passport. A
1: U.S. passport, yes. Yeah.
0: So, born in Quebec City. Yep. Uh, kind of raised in uh, New Jersey, um, St. Louis, and uh, missing somewhere. Denver? Got to Denver. Yeah yeah, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
1: yeah. I mean, Denver was college, but yeah, I'd say raised in St. Louis and then 100% Slovakian.
0: Yes. And then, so your 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 father uh i remember i was going to interview you and your father one day and you whispered to me just make sure you don't say he's czechoslovakian he's slovakian <laughs> but he was czechoslovakian yeah yeah uh, born in czechoslovakia i guess and then uh after uh they gained their independence back to slovakia
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah so uh that's always one of his pet peeves i think it i think someone asked him uh was it maybe between periods or before one of the games or in training camp when he was in New Jersey? And I, I think he just gave the guy kind of the dust there, you know, like <laughs> do your do your research kind of thing. Or maybe have been St. Louis, because actually Slovakia would have been, I think it would have been 93, probably when they became their own country, because Olympics 94 was the first time he got to represent Slovakia.
0: Well, let's talk about that for a moment. It, you know, you're born into uh, hockey royalty, but also, you know, for one of the most fascinating families in, in hockey history, you're... Your father, Paul, um, left Czechoslovakia to come to the NHL and play for the Quebec Nordiques. Now, did Anton come at the same time or did he come a year later? That's his brother.
1: Yeah. So Anton was his younger brother. Um, He came at the same time. They defected together. Um, They are also playing with his his older brother, Marion. I mean, you're going to have to ask him. It's a little, it's, you know, a complicated situation. But obviously my mom was... Uh, eight months. Yeah, Probably, I guess it would have been eight, probably nine months because you're taking pregnant for 10 months. People don't know. <laughs> uh, nine months pregnant with my oldest sister. So I think that was a big, you know, a big reason they had to do it. So Sorry they, that.
0: so that's okay. So they left uh, Czechoslovakia and then a year later, Marion did join. Uh, I think Marianne. it was a couple years later. Yeah, he yeah, joined them in, yeah. and they played together in Quebec.
1: Yeah, but my dad kind of always took care of Anton. He's like the younger brother. And so basically it was my dad My uncle Anton and and both of their, you know, my mom and my aunt all kind of came together.
0: And then later, uh, uh, Marianne came. And I can remember, uh, you know, I'm growing up in Ontario, and I was actually a Montreal Canadiens fan. And these three, these first, these two guys with their square Jofas, they (laughs) had these unique helmets. And, you know, it didn't take long to to realize they were fantastic players. And your father, one of the, the... the second leading scorer in the 1980s behind only Wayne Gretzky. What a, a hockey hall of famer, just a great player. Uh, what was it like growing up the son of Paul Statsy, Peter Statsy?
1: Yeah, it was fun. Oh, I think the one thing that people don't realize is, uh, you know, when my dad came, he was 24 years old. So he's basically considered, you know, obviously besides kind of the Russians, you know, probably the best player outside of, of North America. So that's why he made such an impact when he came in the league right away. Um But growing up, I think it was great. I think uh, sometimes things were a little tough um, or I thought they were tough. Just I felt like, yeah, I always got critiqued. But, you know, for the 99 compliments I heard, you know, the one criticism or constructive criticism I heard, that's all I could hear. And I'm sure every kid was like that. Um, But as I got older, I I came to realize that, um, you know, he he was a mentor, someone I looked up to and and not just um, what he did on the ice, but what he did off the ice, you know, family man, the way he took care of, of family, the way he raised us. I think all those little things were really important to me.
0: Uh, went back to Slovakia and was a, a member of parliament for, for a decade, for 10 years. And yeah, you know, I had it for me. It was a real thrill to interview you guys together. We were in, uh, in Scottsdale during the father, uh, the golden Knights father son trip. And I asked him about that. And he just said, he said, I felt that it was my duty to go back and help.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's always been, um, very straight-laced, kind of whatever he believes in, he kind of, you know, fights for it. Uh, I think he's seen both spectrums of it growing up in, com, you know, a communist regime and then, you know, coming over here to, to freedom and a capitalist regime. So I think he, he knows what's what's good and what's bad. You know, it, it, it's it's hard for people to understand unless they've lived through it. You know, and when you hear stories, stories are one thing. I think when you grow up in it, that's a whole nother thing. So, um He's always had a lot of pride in being Slovakian and trying to help out, whether it's hockey or whether it's politics. And then, you know, that's just the way he is. So, you know, maybe when we we're younger, it was surprising, but knowing who he is now, and not surprising, because he is always one of those guys who fights for what he believes in.
0: So, just a little bit of uh, of hockey housekeeping. The number one father son duo in uh, in in NHL scoring is Gordy and Mark Howe, two thousand five hundred and ninety two points. Second. Bobby and Brett Hull, 2,561. And right in third, Peter and Paul Stastny, 1,927 points. That one's cool. This one's cooler, I think. Trios, father and two sons, you guys are second. The Howe brothers, the Howes, Gordy, Marty, and Mark are first. And right below them, Peter, Ian, and... And Paul Statsny. that's a that, that's a that's a family stat we're we are the second highest sco- scoring trio in NHL history
1: yeah that's uh <laughs> that's something to smile about and then brag about to the kids you know one day but um, you know I think obviously he's, he's super proud of that he, he did he carried most of the weight <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that and I'm still trying to you know help out help out the totals there but um, for me it's, it's it's more about just enjoying where I am now kind of kind of you know taking it one day at a time um and then when I'm done playing I'm sure it's something I'll look back on and really come to appreciate it
0: so you had a you know a fantastic career second in Calder Trophy voting uh when you first came into the league you lost to some guy named uh Evgeny Malkin he's not very good so (laughs) uh, uh you got a ton of votes it was pretty close
1: yeah I mean uh I think for me too it was nice coming in my first year I was I was two years you know two years uh after college, so to me, I was I was physically matured. Um, I didn't know if I'd be playing up or not. I just knew that I had to take the next step because I wasn't going to get any better in college. So to me, it was more about development. And uh, I was fortunate where um, there was a couple guys got hurt in Colorado and kind of opened up a spot. And 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 Quinville um, didn't. I don't think he really cared how old you were, what kind of play you know. If you produce and you were a smart player, I think he saw it and he saw what kind of player I was and and you know i tell a lot of people it's uh, if i played for a different coach or a different system i might have been in the minors for a year or two and that's just how it is you know some coaches come to appreciate what you are or they put you in a position to succeed and you got to take advantage of it and that's what he did you just used
0: the expression smart player and i had seen you play and knew a little bit about you but i watched you play five games in a row and i walked away and i said to our assistant gm now he's the gm kelly mccormick I said, he's one of the smartest players in the NHL. And he just, he he agreed 100%. And that, that, that is the the best way for me to describe Paul Stassi, smart player.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, got to thank family genes for that because that's something you probably can't teach. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I always want to, I don't know, I don't know how to practice. There's always things I want to practice on it. And some, you know, people always ask me different things or what I was thinking here, what I was thinking there and, you know maybe it was something that my dad harped on me when i was younger or maybe it's just something that you know i see it comes natural to me that i don't know how to explain so you know i, I try to use that that hockey iq to my advantage and then work on on the things that i'm not as good at you know to keep getting better as a player because um, there's so many things in this game to, ways to, to evolve and get better and every year kind of the game changes and different things you got to work on and um, as i've gotten older and played on different teams i think you play with different guys that push you that want to make you become make you become a better player. And it's it's actually been really fun for me the last couple of years.
0: Hockey's a really big part of your life. And it has to be. To, to play at this level, you have to really dedicate yourself. And, uh, you know, I know that you spend a ton of time in the gym and trying to to improve yourself and maintain where you're at. But there are other – there you can't – you have to have a little bit of balance. So when you leave the rink, you know, what do you like to do?
1: Um – yeah, just hang out with the family. I think right now uh, I have two kids that are, one's going to start school next year. So really they're at home all, all, all the time. And my wife does a good job of, of, you know, filling days with different activities. So on our days, on days off it used to be different. I used to just be lazy and then just sit on the couch and sleep till 11. And and now it's it's fun waking up early and, and you know, kind of really enjoying the day. And, and it could be exhausting. It's a whole different it's a whole different appreciation. I think, you know, my wife can't do what I, what I do and I definitely can't do what she does. And and I come to appreciate that. But to me, it's just hanging around with them, especially at this age where they're constantly developing. There's, there's new stuff going on, you know, day in and day out. And it's fun to see. So that keeps me occupied. And then, um, at night, you know, once they're down, I think, uh, wife and I always like to catch up on whether it's it's TV shows or, or, you know, maybe watch some live sports, keep up, you know, follow up with buddies that are probably still playing the NHL or, you know, or just kind of relax a little bit.
0: You've had the opportunity to travel. You played international hockey. And uh, I think, you know, in this business, you either get the bug to travel more because you've seen a bunch of things and you want to see more, or you're like, I did not want to get on another on another plane. That's the, there, now we're even, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't want to get on another plane uh, and you just want to kind of stay at home. Which Which one are you
1: yeah i love traveling i love uh i love collecting air miles that's always that's always fun because my dad's got like over a million or two million air miles so after you know watching a movie up in the air with george clooney i'm like i love that movie and (laughs) my dad's got that lifetime you know premium i don't know some kind of pass where someone can fly with him for free because he's collected so many miles it was easier for him because he was kind of flying overseas um but you know my wife likes to travel too and and there's two different ways. Sometimes sometimes we just like to relax and just get away for a couple of days, decompress and, uh, hang out by the water and, or hang out by the pool and, and do nothing. Just, you know, read books and have some drinks. And then, you know, to me, I like going, I like European history. I like history. So I like traveling different spots and kind of seeing a different history. And, and to me, that's, that's a different kind of travel. It's more fun. You're probably being a little more active, but you kind of, kind of, you can see the world a little bit and, um, you know, you go to different countries. There's just, there's so many places to see and there's so little time but um, you know at least once a year or you know twice a year depends if I'm playing or if I'm not playing it's always fun to kind of expand my horizons and learn more about the world.
0: Well you played one season in Munich and obviously it was a lockout season so you'd probably prefer not to have missed a season in the NHL but the chance to play in Germany you must have there must have been parts of it that you really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, that was fun. I think the biggest thing I was trying to do is my brother was playing in Nuremberg, um, and what the in Germany is different. You, if you brought an import in, you burn that whole like you burn that past the whole season. So if I would have played for two games and the lockout had ended, then all of a sudden you know they're they're, they're down one import. So a lot of teams were kind of hesitant to bring guys, and some teams were ready to do it. Um, I think that's why we waited till November. Blake Wheeler went to Germany too. We have the same agent. We know each other, so we went to play together. Mm-hmm. But it was fun because my brother was an hour away from me. Uh, you know, my parents are is like a I think five hour drive from Slovakia. So my brother and I got to play against each other twice, and my parents got to see that. So I think that made it really special.
0: And uh, during your off time that year, did you get around? Did you see? Did you get to visit Germany?
1: Uh, yeah, no, not as much. I think uh, I think it was cool because I'm a big Christmas guy. Christmas is my favorite holiday. So when I got there, it was second week of November. It was right after my wife's birthday. And I was by myself. I was with Wheeler for a bit. Then Wheeler's family kind of came because he just had his first kid. So I just, you know, I, I took advantage of the Christmas markets. And then whether they were in Nuremberg, I think which was just kind of like the home of the original Christmas market, or or Munich had an unbelievable Christmas market. Every day I would go down there.
0: Explain what a Christmas market is.
1: Yeah. I mean, just think of, um, I mean, you, you probably know as much as I do. I think they're just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, they're basically you're just going to downtown or you're just going it's just like a market like a set, a far it's like a farmer's market that's what i was looking for but all christmas stuff so whether they have like all christmas foods or different drinks or people make handmade christmas ornaments or kind of like a festival kind of thing so there's just so much going on so it always be in downtown munich right where the square is there and i mean you could spend hours upon hours just kind of buying all you know handmade stuff they have some really cool like handmade wooden ornaments that I would have loved to get, but at the same time, it's just—it's not easy traveling home from Europe without breaking those. But they just had everything, and just you know, puts you in the holiday spirit.
0: So this—the Christmas thing is—I can remember I interviewed you this year, and I'm like, "So, do you like Christmas?" Or you know, kind of—it's it's kind of a weird question, but like you lit up. You, Christmas is, you're—oh you're, yeah, you're a Christmas nerd.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if it's—yeah, uh, I don't know why. I don't know if it, it's big in our family, but I mean. As I've gotten older, I just I like love Christmas music, love uh, decorating the house, love putting the lights on. You know, there's a time I don't like when Thanksgiving comes too early because then all of a sudden you have Christmas where you can set up Christmas music and movies, you know, after Thanksgiving. And then all of a sudden it drags on a little long. Now I kind of wait till after Thanksgiving or I wait till December 1st. But um, yeah, I I, I like the the. I used to like the presents. Now I'm the other way. Or I like giving presents, or I like, you know, donating my time or, or giving to charities, and just kind of the spirit of giving. It just seems that that time of year, everyone kind of, you know, is a lot nicer to each other, a lot more welcoming, and, and maybe that that's part of it.
0: You ever been in a fight in the NHL? No, no one's
1: no one's no one's wanted to fight me. No one's wanted. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had I had one in juniors, and then uh, no, not really. No, I remember like my first couple of years. There's a few guys that kind of asked me to go and i you know i was so young and i was like intimidated I think they were just trying to scare me and then you know now it just hasn't really happened and whether it's
0: uh well it doesn't happen really anymore yeah it doesn't really
1: happen same thing i i I, i'm pretty even keel and i don't let the emotions get the best of me and so sometimes when when emotions get high i think it's you know you show too much emotion i think sometimes it's a sign of weakness a little bit or it's signs that you're frustrated and the other team knows they're getting to you so you know that doesn't happen, and and it's like wasting energy too a little bit. You know the way I want to play, but you know if if something needs to happen, it'll happen.
0: Did you did you ever fly commercial, or were you, did you always fly charter in the NHL?
1: Uh, in the NHL, it's always been charter. It has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's interesting, like that. That's kind of a a divide amongst players, and it's kind of a, it's a weird thing. But it's like, well, did you fly a commercial? Because like, can you imagine that you guys, you know, schlepping into. To to you know to McCarran and uh, getting on a getting on a plane with uh, a bunch of local Las Vegas residents or people going back to St Louis after a weekend in Vegas <laughs> and you know go, like it's a, I traveled commercial yeah, yeah. in the minor league with with uh, with some teams and it was really fascinating to see the players interact but it's not like that for you guys
1: no no and I mean in college we would do it all the time especially when I went to Denver because a lot of the teams we played are always in Minnesota but. It was completely different, too, because you'd have to, you know, if our flight was at 11 a.m., we'd always have to I'd be at the rink at like 6-something to start packing the bus. And it was just, you know, it's a lot more. Obviously, we are fortunate, and that's the best part of kind of being in the National Hockey League is, you know, that you know, gives us the opportunity to get more rest, to get more sleep, to hang out with more of the family instead of taking more time away from us. But, um no, I've never, I don't think – I'm trying to think one of the last years NHL teams would have – commercial probably been mid yeah, right, 90s or 90s for sure late 90s early 2000s okay. yeah. some
0: yeah. teams would have been the very last ones to, yeah. to switch over and now everybody of course flies charter what uh what do you like not but the hockey part of things but what do you like about being in the nhl and uh, and the lifestyle of being a pro hockey player
1: yeah i just like uh hanging out with the fellas obviously that's the best part you know everyone a lot of guys are cut from the same cloth, they have kind of same background. So, you know, whether you're hanging out with college guys or junior guys or, you know, a national team or an NHL team, you go train another team. You, there's so many guys you get along with because, you know, a lot of guys have the same kind of upbringing. So that that's always fun. Um, like I said, the opportunity to go to different cities and try different restaurants or, or do kind of different sightseeing, I think that that's very unique and special. And then, um, you know, now it's fun. Now it's fun to have my kids come to the game and and, and watching them enjoy warm-ups more than anything because once the game goes on i don't know if they're really watching they're more playing um yeah but i think it's, it's more the people you meet i think uh i like the, the process of of getting better you know whether it's on the ice or off the ice you know physically or mentally and then yeah that's part of hockey but that's just life and, and constantly adapting to, to what comes at you
0: what's well, like to play in the olympics
1: uh that was really cool i think uh yeah, I always tell people it's not—it's not really a dream come true because you don't even dream about that I think, when you're younger. I think when you want to be a hockey player, I think you're so worried about you know winning a Stanley Cup and then you don't even think about the Olympics. And then you know every four years it comes on, you you watch it. And then as you get older, you're like, oh man, if if this opportunity comes up, it's just—it's almost icing on the cake and it's something you don't even imagine. But uh, yeah, being able to represent your country at the biggest games is um, always something special. Everyone kind of. You know, playing for the crest on the front of them and, and everyone kind of sacrificing minutes or different roles they played on their NHL team and coming to a national team and doing everything they can to help the team win is, is something very special to see.
0: Pretty close in 2010. Won the silver, so not pretty close. You won a silver medal, which is yeah. not a lot of people on the planet can say, yeah. I've got a silver medal from the Olympics. Where is your silver medal?
1: Uh, it's at home. It's at home. I got uh, it's like in a frame with, with uh, one of the jerseys we got to keep. I don't know if it was that. Yeah, it's probably that game too. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it, it. Same thing. You know, as years go by, it's cool to say I had a silver medal. And at the time, you're like, oh man, we 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 lost gold. You know, that's the way you look at it. And um, if we'd have lost, you know, for nothing, it would have been different. Then you're like, I think you would have been more happy with the silver. I think the way we lost, where we came back, and you know, we're you know, it was a fifty fifty game where. It, it, you know, equally could have gone the other way. I think that's what made it so hard. And, uh, you know, but it was such a such a fun group of guys and, and such a fun two weeks that we didn't have high expectations. And, you know, as, as we started winning more games and the tournament went on, I think everything also started building. And especially U.S. playing Canada in Canada, it was I don't know if you were there, but it was just crazy to see, um, you know, how big it was and how originally in Vancouver they had one street shut down. And as the tournament went on, the U.S. and Kansas are getting better. All of a sudden, it's like two streets are blocked off, and that's kind of where the parties were—you know, watch parties, three streets, four streets—and next thing you know, I mean, you couldn't get, you couldn't drive anywhere. It was quicker to walk through the city than it was to kind of drive through it. And um, just the the buildup for that game—you know—warm ups during that game was was another level. But I've never been, I've never been a part of a game where it's been so loud. You know, you go to these playoff games, and, and yeah, they're crazy. They get loud, but that gold medal game was just a different atmosphere.
0: There are unique moments at the Olympics, okay. and uh, obviously for certain nations at that time, winning the gold medal is is everything. But I was there in Sochi when the Finns beat the Russians, and after the game, the Finnish players, were they simply said, that's our gold medal. And, you know, they, they didn't win the gold medal. Canada won. But beating the Russians in that tournament on Russian ice, and uh, it was just for them. It was the Solani kind of turned the clock back for a little while. And uh, it was, uh, I can remember talking to talking to them after. they were, The guys were bleeding. They had, there was like the sweat coming down. And they just were like, they were so full of joy in that moment. And I was thinking, well, that's not even for a medal. And it was just such a big moment.
1: Well, yeah, I went, well because I think Russia lost in the quarters in Canada, in 2010. So they put all their kind of chips in in 2014, and then obviously they have so much pride. But you know, everyone was like, it's gold or bust. And then I think everyone always sleeps on Finland. You know, they beat us in in the in the bronze medal game, spanked us. I think five nothing. And I think they're the only country. I don't know if last Olympics, to be honest with you, but before 2018, I know they're the only country to medal in, in every Olympics since 92. Since the NHL players, or '94, actually since the NHL players were allowed, so that's that's just you know hats off to them. They just won the World Championships, and they had very few NHL players. It just showed, they you know they play with so much pride. They're the perfect example of of what playing for your country is. Is you know, you know they put everything on the line and they play together as a team and and everyone sacrifices you know for the good of the country.
0: It's, a, it's a, international hockey is is interesting, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here because. You know, as the as the NHLPA and the NHL try and navigate um, where that's all going to go, it, like we keep hearing this Ryder Cup concept, and uh, I don't know if it'll work, but I, I I'd like to see it once.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting. I think next Olympics, Beijing or Japan or I don't know where they are. Japan, I think, is the Summer Olympics, and then so it's somewhere in
0: the next Winter Olympics. Is are Beijing?
1: Beijing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think the hardest thing. When it comes to that NHL, is it's just the time zone and being able to watch it. I think um, if it's anywhere in you know Central Western Europe or anywhere in North America, then 100% the NHL is going to be there, just because you know the fan base, the the marketability, of people you know availability for people to watch the games. Um, and also, it's it's just tough to you know whether you do a Ryder Cup when do you do it? If you do it like they kind of did the World Cup, it's great, but it's tough too because a lot of guys haven't really played that stiff competition. You know, it's kind of started training camp, so that's when everything kind of revs up. You know, not everyone's really at their peak. Everyone's, you know, maybe a little rusty, maybe as the game goes on. And, you know, then you're playing better. You know, then there's so... In the back of mind, someone might be thinking, well, I don't want to get hurt because we have a big season coming up. And so there's just so many different factors. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you asked anyone who played in the World Cup, and, this, you know, two years ago, I remember watching. It, it was awesome to watch. I think the, the competition might have been... uh or the level of play might have been as good as it could have been, you know, at the Olympics. But I think when it came to it, everyone everyone had a blast playing, it and everyone had a blast watching it.
0: It used to be there was like one guy on a team or two guys on a team that kind of stood out for the way they dressed, and now it's it's like a fashion show <laughs> most nights. You can see guys coming into the rink, and they all have uh, NHL hockey players worry about how they look now, and uh, I don't think you're any different. You like uh, you you like close.
1: I like fashion. Yeah, I like fashion. I, um, that's the European in me, I think, a little bit. Um, you know, I think if you, if you know, you look good, you feel good, you play good kind of thing. <laughs> sure. But also you want to you want to look presentable all the time. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you are and whether people are watching or people aren't watching. Um, the guys that, I mean, if you really like, if you're really fashionable, you know, 100% all in, those are the guys that, you know, really bring it, when they're traveling all the time. I think a lot of times at home it's easier because you're just, you're dressed up. You're honestly, you know, people don't this, but you're in your suit for, you know, by the time you leave your house, get in the car, get to the rink, and then after the game, put your suit on, you usually go home or maybe go to dinner and go home. So you're really not that long. I think when you start traveling on airplanes and you're on the road all the time, then people that really bring their A suits, their A game, those are people that really love their fashion. Because a lot of times you don't want, you know, you don't want overwear, you don't want to wrinkle your suits too much. Um, or you go to cities where, you know, it might be raining or snowing and, you know, that's where you kind of just you wear an old suit or something not to worry about it, or just a simple black one. So it, it's fun to see. And I think uh, because of probably social media, because of, you know, how much television there is now you see in the NBA, it's like a competition in the NBA because game conferences, everyone kind of has their fashion. But the NHL I think it's just uh, if you have something baggy or that's not trendy I think guys will always jab at you a little bit.
0: Well, we had this discussion on our on our podcast this year um, about we had been at a hotel and the NBA guys had come into the hotel. They're all tracksuits. They're not they're not wearing suits. And we had this conversation about why the NHL was different and so you know better to ask a player than anybody else. Do you think that like you think it's good that that guys wear suits? Or would you like to be more relaxed?
1: Well, you know, I mean, everyone likes being relaxed. So if, if everyone wears their suits and the minute you get on the plane, everyone kind of just gears down to shorts and a sweatshirt, especially if it's a two-, three-hour flight, you know, to relax. Um, I think there are times where tracksuits would be nice. You know, I think it, it's comfortable, but also it kind of looks clean. You see soccer players do it all the time. But to me, it's, you know, maybe if you get in late somewhere or if, if you get in a different time where no one's going to see you because sometimes you literally get off the plane, get on the bus, right to your room. But I think, you know, going to games, going away from games, I think you always want to look presentable.
0: It always blows me away. We'll get into a hotel at three in the morning and there'll be seven or eight guys, people standing where the bus pulls up looking for autographs. Does that, does it surprise you ever? Or You're so used, like it, it sometimes it's still, oh my God. Yeah. It's so cold. It's so late. And there you guys are. You're devoted.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I mean, obviously people want autographs, but at the same time, uh. You know you play long enough you go to certain cities it's just always the same people all the time and and you you know you're thinking to yourself how much can this guy be getting how much can you sell you know a signed puck on ebay when you've done it over and over again so i think you guys love it i think you've been around for all you've seen who it is you know we love we love giving back so anytime we'll sign for kids we'll sign for certain seekers but then there's people that take advantage of it and want five six seven things signed and you know sometimes you say no you just say one thing and then uh, you got to be careful because sometimes, you know, there could be a group of five guys and you could sign one picture and then the guy will kind of sneak behind everyone, kind of just throw his hand out or he'll send his kid and well, stuff like that. And, you know, that irritates you a little bit. But at the same time, that's just that's part of being a professional.
0: What what don't you like about uh, about being a professional athlete? Is there ever, uh, you know, sometimes you have a family, sometimes it's hard to leave it, sometimes it's, you know, the kids are. You know, they have a concert or uh, your kids aren't there yet, but a school play or whatever. And it is. Uh, and so you went through this. You saw yep. your dad leaving and your dad probably missed some of your games. And is that the one thing that you maybe you don't like? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I think my dad, when he retired, I think it was to him, part of it was he wanted to settle down, like stabilize the family in one place because my sister was just going to high school and um, everyone's kind of going through those kind of maturity years where, where you really develop as a person so for him it was important to kind of be around during those times um yeah there's times where i might miss stuff but now it you know now it's great because with facetime with skype with with these cameras now the way how good the pictures are video you, you don't miss a thing um you know so you can see everything stuff like that but uh, my kids are still young so I, you know I obviously don't have to worry about too much stuff like that um you know what don't i like i don't know it's a you know, I love what I do and I've always loved it. And then I liked it when I was younger. I just kind of, you know, I was never forced to do anything. It just, I kind of gravitated towards it and kind of followed my dad. And I just love being active and then, you know, always moving around doing different things. So it's not too much. I I mean, the stress part of it is a little tough, but I mean, everyone has stress in their life, right? So, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll take that any day. And then, um, you kind of learn to overcome that and learn to battle through that.
0: Are you amazed at how hard it is to win in the NHL now? Like there was a time where you could start of the year, you could look at the rosters and you could go, you know, those those teams are gonna be in it at the end. You can't do that anymore. St. Louis was last on January third. Last. They're in the they're in the Stanley Cup final. Like it is the parody Tell me about it.
1: Yeah. What's it like? Yeah, I mean, you know about it too. I mean, I remember I mean, growing up as a blues fan and then Colorado fan, probably both those teams. I mean, I remember it you know there was four or five teams where it's like oh you knew they were going to win 5-1 five, 5-nothing five, and then uh, even my first couple of years there's teams that were you know when they're rebuilding they were just i mean they were bad they're bad or they're they're trying to rebuild in a year so they you know they they forced way too many things and kind of weren't letting things come to fruition so um, those are easy teams to play against easier teams they weren't easy they're were easier but now i think just the depth of the game i think you know, even if teams don't have their superstars, and sometimes they're harder to play against because all those guys are working that much harder and everyone can play good defensively and play a good system. And, and guys are, everyone's kind of bought in. So it's so true you say that every summer when the calendar comes out, you kind of always look at it. And the first thing you kind of look at is, uh, well, obviously, you know, if you start on the home or on the road, potential where rookie party is, you know, Halloween party, Christmas party, Christmas break, you kind of look at stuff like that. And then you kind of look at it and you're like, man, there's... You look through the whole schedule, you're like, oh, we should win this game. Or we could, you're like, oh, man, I, you could win 10 in a row, but then you could lose 10 in a row that quick. And it's just, it's crazy how it is like that. But it makes it more fun because now everyone, every game means so much. You need everyone to be consistent on top of it. And you can't have guys kind of just lally gagging and taking days off.
0: I'm told you're going to be a GM. A number of guys have said to me, watch Paul Statsing, he's going to be a GM. Do you want to be, do you want to work in hockey and would it be management or, or, you know, would it be coaching or, or are, are people right? Is Paul Stafson going to be, going to be a GM someday?
1: I don't know. No one's ever told me that. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm going to be. I don't know. I don't know. For now it's, 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 uh, you know, I just enjoy where I'm at right now and I want to play the game and, and. Everyone will say it too, but obviously I feel like I'm a better player now than I, when I was, you know, 21. I had my best year that year. It's just, that's that's how I've evolved. I've, I think I've become more dedicated to the game and, and take care of myself. And now with the science of everything and nutrition, the way you can take care of yourself, you can you try to you try to play as long as you can. But um, I don't want to just play forever. And You know, I want to play it as long as I, I feel like I can help out and be a good player. I think once I start to big time, then it's like, okay, your time's up. Um, and then you kind of just, you know, you play by ear. There's, there's really, no concrete thing I want to do. When I'm done, I'll probably, for sure, want to do something around hockey. Cause, um, you know, I just, I love the game. You know, it's, it's given me everything. It's given my family everything. But, but I love the game. And then when I'm away from it, you know, I always tend to myself kind of, reading what's going on in the, you know, the news of the world, watching different teams, watching other games, and, and you know, constantly talking to different guys about hockey, about, you know, what makes this guy good or how this guy can be better, or how I can be better. So, um,
0: that sounds like a GM.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm only 33, so I kind <laughs> of... Oh, I'm not uh, rushing yeah, you Yeah, I don't know. No, I love watching you play. Yeah, no, exactly. I just, I don't know. And, and um, you know, as, as I get older, I'm just like, oh, man, I'm slowly kind of turning into my dad a little bit. But, uh, you know, when you're younger, you never think that. And then you just have different habits. But, you know, I think he was one for a bit for um, the national team. And there's different things. But, like I said, it's it's cool to see what, what's out there and different opportunities. And, and like you said, it depends where you are in... in uh, what time, you know, in your life where you are, what age, where your kids are, what's going on. I think obviously those are all important factors. And when you make decisions like that, I think, you know, it's always family first. And then, you know, you take a a step back and you got to make a rational decision.
0: Awesome stuff. Thanks very much for joining us, Paul. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. This is the Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave interview series from our podcast series. I'm Gary Lawless. Thank you for listening.